I've been waiting 23 years to say that. And I have terminal I diabetes. Have diabetes. I have diabetes. <laughs> I have terminal diabetes. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Next, our other, our next spinoff podcast is going to have to be rewatching all of South Park. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. This is the FBI's Most Unwanted. I'm Matt. I'm Justin. All right, and this week we are going to cover Season 1, Episode 6, Shadows. Now, I did say in the last episode that we did that this one was a good one. I misremember. This isn't a bad episode, but I misremembered. I'll, I'll say it right now. I did misremember the quality of this episode. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Like, it's not a bad one. Like, the, it's not as bad as the past couple weeks, but... If you got high hopes from me saying in the last episode that it was good, I apologize. Because, <laughs> yeah, I watched it and I was just like, I mean, it's fine. Right, that's uh, it. It's, in fact, um, get into a little behind-the-scenes trivia here right off the bat. In fact, uh, Glenn Morgan and J- James Wong, or James Wong, excuse me, who wrote it. James Wong, James Wong. I got those confused. Sorry. Anyway, uh, they wrote it. But the studio, turns out they wanted uh, some more relatable content and they wanted some episodes where Mulder and Scully help people. So they had to re- uh, they had to redo the script, you know, do another pass on it. And James Wong says, it wasn't a great script. I thought the director did a good job with it. It was entertaining, but not my favorite episode. The network wanted a lot more relatable things. Originally, we made this girl a lot more interesting, but because they wanted relatable things, we made her a secretary and it wasn't really involving. So even the writers yeah. admit that, like, oh, the, oh and uh, Glenn Morgan said... Uh, what did he say? He turned out. Uh, he said it turned out to be quote an average episode. I, something about this episode made me feel like it was more like I don't know weird visual effects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Made me feel like it was more like an episode of Charmed or Buffy. A little bit, and this is kind of what ha- this is actually a pretty good example of what happens when the studio gets involved because. Um, I have said on past episodes, and we'll see it more in the future, that uh, James Wong and Glenn Morgan do actually write some really good episodes. So this is a good example of when the studio goes, no, no, this is what we really want, how the studio can kind of muck up a good thing. Not saying studio involvement is always bad, but it's not normally that great. (laughs) Yeah. What was that? What? No, that was my phone. Oh, your phone sings at you? Uh, it did a bit, uh, it's, it's doing like that Spotify, like, um, 
Is like it? it does a Spotify like th- like this is your wrap up for the year of what you've listened to oh. and everyone's been posting their stuff and literally mine is nothing but is Ninja Sex Party. Nice. I was going to say is it is it listening? Is it like if uh, somebody's listening to this at home I can go Alexa play Ninja Sex Party. <laughs> no, I won't do that. You have oh. to say, hey, Google. Hey, Google, play Ninja Sex Party. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, like I said, this one uh, is called Shadows. It was written by Glenn Morgan, James Wong, directed by Michael Cattleman, and it originally aired October 22nd, 1993. Uh, and we already kind of spoiled it. This one actually did turn out to be a little more basic, although it's not as boring as Some the last Basic couple. bitches up in this joint. Yeah! Uh, the cold open is a uh, pan across the desk of a man named Howard Graves. We know because his name is on the desk. And there's a crying woman. And uh, the little uh, caption in the corner informs us that we're at uh, HTG Industrial Technologies in Philadelphia. And there's a picture of the man that we can assume is Howard Graves with Bill Clinton. And this crying woman takes it off the wall and another woman comes in and tries to comfort this woman whose name is Lauren. Uh, And we find out that Graves killed himself. And when the crying woman, uh, Lauren, goes to leave the office, a little placard on the desk moves on its own behind her back. And she turns and she looks at it and she takes it with her. And then she goes to an ATM and she gets mugged by two men and taken into an alley. Then it cuts to two hours later, and there's two very typically 90s grunge burnout teens walking down an alley looking for a place to crash, which I can only assume means they're, like, looking to party or do drugs or whatever, and they find those two mugger guys dead. And that's when we go to the opening credits. I gotta say, that opening bit, Mm -hmm. that was some cheesy-ass acting, like... (laughs) Even for the show, just like the random the homeless boy, he like sniffs the trash. He's like, oh man, that smells terrible. Yeah, they were really- Hey, we could go up this fire escape. That looks like a good place to crap. I, I couldn't tell if they were supposed to be homeless or if they were supposed to be like party burn. I couldn't even tell what they were supposed to be. I don't know for- what it was. Like, like two- the aesthetic, the aesthetic seems like they were just like. Looking for a place to party, mm-hmm. but then they are started acting homeless. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm like, this is a weird aesthetic because these two things do not mesh together. Nope, nope, very bizarre. And um, so after the opening credits, uh, we're in this like dark hallway at Bethesda Naval Hospital in Maryland, and Mulder and Scully are being taken down this hallway, and they get taken into the morgue. And there's two bodies under sheets, a man in a suit, a woman in a suit, and a woman in scrubs, who we assume is the mayor, just like kind of shady. And the medical examiner is like, have you ever investigated anything like this before? And she uncovers one of the bodies and it twitches. It moves, even though it's a dead body. And... uh, This is actually a part of the episode where I'm like, they have an interesting thing going on here that, like, there's makings of a pretty good episode here that they kind of lose the threads of later on. And that's 
probably, yeah. I assume, where those studio-mandated rewrites kind of come in. Um, anyway, we find out that uh, both corpses are still responding to high levels of some kind of electrostatic charge. And Mulder is like, well, what time did they die? And the medical examiner looks at the mysterious suit people and they just stare. And Scully is like, well, they can't have been dead long. They're still warm. And the woman, uh, the medical examiner says, well, it occurred sometime over six hours ago, but the body temperatures have never gotten below 98.3 degrees. And so Mulder's like, okay, well, where were they found? And the mysterious suit people just stare at him. And then Mulder... <laughs> this, this whole bit was such bullshit. It's just... I'm just like... I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay. They're not saying anything. And Mulder, and Skull, Mulder just keeps... It uh, just keeps well, asking it comes questions. Up, it comes up in a second because like, they like, were invited there, and then these mysterious suit people won't talk to them. All they want to know is, "Have you seen this before?" Because <laughs> Mulder's like, such "Okay, bullshit. How, what time did you? How how did they get here? How long were they in storage? Maybe that can tell us why their body temperatures haven't cooled down." And the mysterious suit people still just stare at him and that's finally when Mulder says you know you call this down here if you want to get some answers you actually have to answer some questions <laughs> like and then the mysterious suit people just stare at him for like another long moment and before finally mysterious suit man says they traveled 60 minutes by air and that's all he'll say <laughs> um and so the the doctor lady the medical examiner shows them some x-rays and says that their throats, you know, she she lists all kinds of medical terms about what the number of the bones are and everything. They all have names like T6 or whatever. I don't know what they are, but she says they were all crushed like medical jargon. Yeah. Medical jargon. And they were all crushed like chalk, but there's no external tissue damage, so it's like they were crushed from the inside. Again, makings of an interesting concept here that didn't end up panning out. Yeah. Yeah. And so finally, Mulder is like, well, who are these guys? Who are these guys? Who are these corpses? And mysterious suit people stare at him. And Scully finally says, look, why did you call us here if you're not going to talk to us? And the woman just says in response have you ever seen anything like this in the x-files and Mulder says nope and mysterious suit man goes okay thanks if anybody asks you if you met us we're gonna deny it and you should deny it too and so they're leaving Mulder and Scully are and Scully goes well I know that you just lied to them straight out uh, because you clearly you've seen something like this before. I know you lied. And Mulder says something I think is funny. He goes, I would never lie. I just willfully participated in a campaign of misinformation. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. It was pretty um, funny. Scully's like, well, who were those people? And Mulder says, doesn't really matter. It just matters that I have a whole bunch of X-Files with a bunch of separate instances of like crushed throats and 
twitching bodies and stuff like that, but I don't have a case where all of them happens at once. Uh, this is clearly some kind of psychokinetic manipulation, and that's when uh, Scully says, Psychokinesis? You mean like how Carrie got even at the prom? <laughs> This, okay, at this point, like, I don't know, like, because it comes mm-hmm. up a little bit later with another bit uh, mm-hmm. that she does. It's kind of funny, but at the same time, yep. it's a weird pandering to the audience. It's, it's kind of like, and they're stupid, you, they're not going to know what this means. Once you kind of get, like, the background information where the writer explained how the studio, how Fox really wanted some relatable content, it starts to make sense how it turned out this way. Um, because, yeah. yeah, like you said, it's kind of pandering to the audience. Like, maybe they won't get it unless you put in this thing that they'll recognize by saying Carrie. Um, so anyway, Mulder says, yep, uh, Russia's been secretly experimenting with it. And Scully finally says, okay, fine, you've got me, I'm interested, but... How are we going to investigate with nothing to go on? And Mulder whips out his glasses that he had been wearing in the previous scene. And he breathes on them. And we see in the fog on the lenses that on each one of his lenses, he managed to get one fingerprint from each of the corpses, which is actually pretty clever. That, yeah, that's a real... I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yep. Nifty, that's nifty. nifty. Uh, so now here's where we start to get into uh, where we kind of lose all of the things I thought could have made this episode interesting. Because uh, we go back to HTG Industrial, the company from the cold open, and Lauren uh, goes into her office and she gets a paper off the desk, a newspaper. And she's clearly looking for some kind of story, which uh, we can assume is about the dead people, uh, the two dead men. And this is when she says to the new bosses, or I guess he's not the new boss, but he's the other boss because the company, yeah, had the like other two bo- yeah. big bosses. And she wants to talk to him and the secretary is like, nope, you can't see him until tomorrow at three. And Lauren gets upset in a coffee mug on the secretary's desk, tips over, and the secretary way overreacts to a mug of coffee tipping over. <laughs> she's like, unless it was really hot and spilled on her lap, which I didn't, ha- but she's she's like, oh, 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 and I'm like, uh, lady, it's your coffee spilling. Like, if your coffee spills over, you go, oh, shit. You don't, like, sit there and go, oh. Or whatever she was doing. Anyway, this um, fucking anyway, this Dorland guy, the the other boss, he comes out of his office and he's like, "Is everything okay?" And Lauren's like, "Oh, can I see you?" And he goes, "Yep, fine, come in." And she goes in and she's like, uh, "This is my two week notice." And he goes into this whole spiel about like, look, I know you've been upset and Howard and I started this company and work was the only thing that was important so that everybody here is your, you know, became our family. And he thought you were, you know, he thought of you like a daughter and blah, blah, blah. So I think of you like a daughter and he grabs her face and is like, I'm not going to let you leave, Lauren. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. The, okay. That was another thing. I was just like, this just took a left turn. Why is she not calling right? the cops so on this asshole? Weird, out of nowhere. <laughs> And he, just, he grabs her face and he's just like, I'm not going to let you leave. <laughs> yeah. Just like, he's like, yeah, I'm not, you can't put in your two weeks. And it's like, are you right? shitting but me right as now? As he has his hand on her face and is kind of like threatening her, this uh, Mr. T looking gold chain on his wrist tightens up to the point where it's, I guess, cutting off the circulation in his wrist or whatever. And he lets go of her and panics trying to get the bracelet off. And he's like, fine, you've, you've got your two weeks. And she gets up and leaves. Um, so back at FBI. I know. Oh, and geez. so back at FBI. Remember, this is first season. This show's still trying to find its footing. Like, it's trying to figure out its stuff. Anyway, uh, even classic TV shows can have bad first seasons. So, um, oh, totally, yeah. Back at FBI headquarters, Mulder has identified the men as being part of some big time terrorist group. And Scully's like, oh, yeah, this big time terrorist group has been doing a lot of stuff in Philly. And Mulder's like, oh, that's 60 air minutes. Kind of, you know, that's the only thing that he could get from Mysterious Suit Man. And so Scully says she'll call the Philly PD. And then they head down to Philly and they talk with the officer who finds the bodies. And that's, uh, and you know, looking at where they found the bodies. And that's when Mulder sees the ATM. And of course, ATMs have surveillance cameras attached to them. So they start going over the surveillance footage and they see Lauren getting mugged on in fact here's some trivia for you on the day before my birthday 1993 is the day that lauren got mugged at that atm so what you're saying is you had a part of it i guess yeah i'm part of this episode absolutely i it, it part of this episode took place on let's see 8789991929 took place on my 6th birthday <laughs> Um, and so Scully is like, well, uh, why would terrorists be robbing someone of $40 at an ATM? And Mulder pauses the footage and says, look at that. And he points at this like weird blur that kind of looks like a person just behind, uh, in the background. And Scully's like, well, it might be another person, but we, we're not going to be able to do much with that image. So we got to go figure out what really happened. So they go to talk to Lauren. <clears throat> and when they get there, you know, Lauren is wondering why they're there. And Scully shows the mug shots of the two men. And she's like, have you ever seen them? And Lauren's like, nope. And Scully's like, yeah, you have. And then shows her a picture of her getting mugged. And so... Lauren's like, well, yeah, yep, but um, I, uh, I fought them off and got away. And Mulder's like, well, they were found dead. <laughs> and Scully's like, all right, well, also, do you know who this person is? And she hands Lauren the picture of the blur, like she's going to know who the blur it's is. It's the Flash! <laughs> it's the Flash. It's Quicksilver. It's Santa Claus. It's, it's literally anybody. It's a blur. 
Uh, Lauren says, nope, can't tell you. And Mulder says, does that mean you know? And Lauren's like, no, it means I can't tell you who it is. And Mulder's like, well, when you can tell me, here's my number. And he gives her his card and everything. And outside, Scully's like, well, a woman that size just fighting off two grown men and running away? That doesn't seem likely. And Mulder's like, well, it also doesn't seem likely she could crush their necks. And as Lauren is watching them leave, uh, Scully's like, she knows who the other person in the photo is. Uh, And Mulder says, yep, and she's packing and she's running away. But what's she running away from? And this is when the car, all on its own, puts itself in gear. The doors lock and the pedal, the gas pedal goes all the way to the floor and sends the car rocketing in reverse down a hill toward an intersection, even though Mulder is trying to steer it and put on the brake. And they slam into another car. Yeah. Hooray! Again, there's there's <clears throat> some interesting haunting type aspects of this episode. Like I can, like I'm gonna keep saying it. I can see where they had a pretty good episode in here. Yeah, but man, it's like, I, I it's, it was this was a tough. Like again, this was like another kind of hard one because it's like you could mm-hmm. see where it was gonna go. And then they kind of took a weird fast turn in a different direction. You're just like, wait, what? What just happened? Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. So then, of course, they're at the auto mechanic uh, where their car was taken after the accident. And uh, Mulder, you know, is like, well, it's brand new car only has 100 miles on it and the mechanic says there's nothing wrong with it wasn't tampered with um that kind of thing but here look at this and it turns out the headlights are on but they're not actually on like in the on position they're lit uh because yeah the they're lit are Woo-hoo. Woohoo, lit man uh no the filaments are like superheated due to a massive electrostatic charge just like the bodies in the morgue and he says isn't it weird that lauren was around both times she was there when the guys were killed and she was there when our car went crazy and this is when Mulder comes up with his crazy theory that uh, it might be possible for a body or a person to raise a body's electrostatic charge to levels where they can manipulate objects and scully says that's not possible the body would start glowing like a headlight and Mulder says oh come on there's stuff like this all through the x-files and people who can do stuff like this don't know they can do it so either it's lauren or a poltergeist and this is what you referenced earlier uh scully goes they're here again mm-hmm. yep again that 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 stuff where it's like oh gotta make it relatable you know poltergeist was a big thing gotta talk about yep. it yeah here's the part where i admit i don't think i've ever seen poltergeist beginning to end like i've seen it's a good like, movie maybe i have yeah i know i've seen pretty big chunks of it maybe i've seen all of it but i know for a fact i've never sat down and actually watched it from beginning to end hmm anyway that's not the point 
anyway, the point here is uh, Scully thinks that obviously there's a rational explanation and it has something to do with terrorists and the fact that the company Lauren works for is, you know, makes parts for the Defense Department and yada, yada, yada. And so they start watching Lauren and they notice that uh, she gets really upset at a man trying to paint over Howard Graves' parking spot name. Which is a weird thing to get up. That was a at. very like, bizarre thing. Like it's just she's just like on the verge of like punching a guy because he was just putting on a new nameplate. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I know she's upset. She liked yeah. the guy, and he's dead and everything. But man, she's. Whew. Anywho, um, so um, they you know find out they go through the papers on the old. Uh, motion sickness paper machines and find out that Lauren was his secretary and that Howard Graves killed himself and three people connected to Lauren are dead and so then they are still watching Lauren and she's at Howard's grave putting flowers there and Mulder and Scully go over when she's gone and there's this whole tangent here that is sort of a tangent but also somewhat i don't know the, i i get the point but boy it seems like a tangent because there's a, another stone right next to howard's that's uh called sarah lynn's grave and this is when we meet the creepiest groundskeeper <laughs> it's <in> so <laughs> weird <laughs> he's <it's, laughs> he's this guy older guy and <laughs> Mulder's like, is there an office where we can find out about some information? And he's like, oh, I go to all the few. He's he's like creepy Mr. Rogers almost because he's like, oh, I go to all the funerals. I'm the last person that sees them into the ground. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's just like, um, should he? Is he legally supposed to be there? Like, and I, Right? Like, is he really the groundskeeper or is he some creepy motherfucker who just likes to go to every funeral? The, the wife is buried over that, on the on the north end. Not only, not only does he go to the funeral, he knows that this little girl died because Howard forgot to lock the pool yeah. gate and she fell into the pool. And It's like, how do you know that? <laughs> creepy creepy dude anyway and then he goes oh yeah and the wife is buried somewhere in the northwest corner or whatever the fuck. yeah just like is that gonna pertain to anything no no just just to show us that this guy maybe has a hard-on for funerals <laughs> feel like maybe he popped a bone describing these funerals. probably i don't know and this is where we find out, which again, it really doesn't pertain to anything. It kind of does, but also doesn't. They're like, well, she died when she was only three years old. If she was alive, she'd be Lauren's age. Kind of plays into the thing that happens later. Uh, because Mulder is developing pictures that he took of Lauren while they were on their stakeout. And Scully is talking about how she thinks uh, that because Lauren was estranged from her own family, it, it made her get close to Howard Graves. And 
she speculates on a bunch of stuff that doesn't end up panning out because Scully's always wrong. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Mulder starts looking at the pictures he developed of the magnifying glass and he finds one with a man standing behind Lauren in her own home. So they take it to a digital enhancer guy, which is not a real thing. Yes. It drives me crazy. It doesn't happen as much anymore. But boy, back in the day on TV, like if you were watching a show where the cops had a picture of somebody that wasn't clear, they would sit there and go, enhance, enhance it. Enhance. Okay, yeah. now enhance it again. Oh, enhance it like 10 times more. Enhance, and, it, and finally, like a blurry picture would become like a perfect like headshot. Yeah. <laughs> Not a real it's thing. The most, it's the but stupidest anyway, thing. Yeah, like I said, doesn't happen as much anymore. That's kind of a 90s thing. But um, anyway, the picture turns out to be Howard Graves. And Scully's like, well, he's alive. And Mulder's like, nope, not necessarily. Because obviously. <laughs> and uh, at Lauren's house, she's sleeping with her very adorable cat. And then there's a banging sound. And the cat gets all upset and runs away. Poor kitty. Uh, kitty does and not run her... away. Cat gets off the bed and then goes up to where, like, just walks the side of the bed and just, like, sits in the corner and stares in the corner. You ah, can see gotcha. it in frame. I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, that would have been a little bit more dramatic if the cat just didn't, wasn't just sitting right there. Like, oh, oh no, I'll go over here. Yeah, cats are hard to train. They're trained it trainable ish but not super trainable yeah. anyway uh lauren grabs a bat and she goes to figure out what the banging sound is and this is actually a fairly decent uh horror m moment in my opinion um where she's walking down the hall and suddenly there's the voice that's like no 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 don't no don't do this to me and when she uh, opens the door to her bathroom, because clearly the noises are coming from the bathroom, but there's nobody there. Uh, but the sounds seem like they're coming from behind her shower curtain. And she pulls the curtain back and her bathtub is full of water and blood. And this is when she realizes that Howard didn't kill himself. He was murdered by somebody. And then the water drains out of the tub. Gotta say, that was actually a fun little effect of how they did the whole blood coming into... Because they set it up where it's definitely where it could have been, like, look like little slits. Mm-hmm. I was just like, that's a fun oh, effect. Oh, yeah, you mean, like... Yeah, uh, yeah it kind of looked like it was spreading out into the water from his wrists. Yeah. yeah, that was actually a pretty good effect. I didn't really know... I noticed that it was spreading, but I didn't really think about it until you mentioned that it looked like it was spreading from yeah, him. Yeah, because it You're definitely, right. like, the way they had it set up is definitely, like, there's, like, these two slits, and that's where all the blood came out of I'm like, I'm like, that could totally be where, like, the wrist would be uh, mm -hmm. in the, like, yeah, that, that was actually a really cool little thing they added. Yeah, good point. I actually didn't catch that. Good point. Yeah. And so, uh... <laughs> Boy, they tried to put a some. They tried to squeeze some extra jokes into this again, probably because they wanted it to be like a, a helping people episode. But uh, they go to find the medical examiner who uh, did the autopsy on Howard Graves, and uh, Scully's like, "I think 
he faked his own death. And Mulder says, do you know how difficult it is to fake your own death? Only one man has ever pulled it off. Elvis. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, so Mulder is a uh, Elvis didn't die conspiracy theorist. Interesting. Uh, and Scully's like, nope, I think Howard and Lauren are together in some kind of illegal thing. Again, because Scully's always wrong, and which I hate, but more about that some other time. Um, and Mulder goes, yeah, uh, you're probably right. And Scully stops him and goes, wait, you think I'm right? <laughs> um, because Mulder never thinks she's right, because she's not. But um, anyway, uh, Mulder says, yeah, all you got to do is prove Howard Graves is alive. And then the um, very next scene is a close-up of a woman's face saying, Howard Graves is very dead. Yes. <laughs> and Scully's like, uh, can I see the autopsy report? And the medical examiner, who is very sassy, just she throws She is such the a thing. sassy person. <laughs> she throws it across the desk and goes, knock yourself out. And Scully's like, uh, the, 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 you know, medical stuff. And then she goes, oh, well, there, there, there's blood work missing here. And the medical examiner says, yeah. We don't do that unless we suspect homicide. And Mulder's like, uh, I bet you didn't check dental records. And the medical examiner says, what for? It was him. And Scully says, how do you know? And she says, it said so on his toe <laughs> That was my favorite line. <laughs> said so on toe his toe tag. tag. Uh, Mulder says, uh, well, then who made the positive ID? And Scully looks and dun, 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 it was Lauren. <laughs> so it's starting to look like maybe Lauren did help him fake his death, but we know that's not true. Uh, <clears throat> Howard turns out was cremated, but all his organs and tissues were donated, yada, yada, yada. Uh, they go to look for his tissues and organs, but his organs were already transplanted and there's only a little bit of his like spinal tissue left or something like that. But they're going to figure out if it's him from that stuff. And then we go back to following Lauren, who is at her own going away party. And she goes into Howard's old office again because she can't get over it. Um, and this other guy, Dorland, I guess his last name is, God, he comes in. Just, and he, I know, and he shuts the door and he's like, he leans against the door and he's like, oh, you were going to go away without saying goodbye. I came to say goodbye to you and wish you luck. And then again, he does the, the that left turn thing you were talking about. He's like, I'm going to leave you with this little thought. I know Howard told you, and if it ever gets out, I'm not going to waste my time trying to find the person that did it. I'm going to go straight to yeah, you. Yeah, it just makes no sense. Like, And I just got so excited, I knocked over all my Rick and Morty figures. Yes. <laughs> it just makes absolutely uh, no sense. Like, even on uh, context of, like, structure for a film, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. I know, he just kind of flips that switch immediately. And anyway, she says to him, and you're going to do to me what you did to Howard? I know you had him killed. And he's like, well, what made you say that? And she's like, he told me. 
And then she tries to leave and he tries to grab her and she gets away and she calls Mulder and says, come to my house in a hurry. And Scully comes in and says, yep, the tests are in. Howard is very dead. And Mulder's like, we got to go. And they go away <laughs> to save Lauren. We got to go. And, Why? Because. And she's in her house um, stuffing things into a bag and a car pulls up outside and some very stereotypical thug-looking people come out of the car. They're wearing leather. That's how you know they're the bad guys. Yes. Um, and they knock on Lauren's door, and she goes to get the door, and the deadbolt slides into place, and she can't get it open, and she finally does manage to get it open, and right as she gets it open... Uh, they start to push their way in and a chair flies in from the kitchen to try and block the door but doesn't succeed and uh, the door gets cracked open and the man and a woman come in, uh, the bad guys in leather, and Lauren screams at them to go away and all the lights in the, all the, lights in the house start exploding one by one. They do the haunting scenes pretty well in this episode. Except for the um, portion where they kind of show, uh, like an outline of of oh yeah the of uh, Graves' little bit body of, when the blurry part comes yeah. by. Yeah, uh, the the blurry part uh, attacks the woman assassin right after a table pins the man assassin to the wall, uh, and the woman assassin she gets pinned to the door and her throat gets crushed. And then the man gets beaten across the face by ghost hands. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was uh, just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> just like I know, weird right? like punching bits. <laughs> That's a weird little bit of acting, too, to like act like you're being punched even though there's nobody in front of you. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, meanwhile, Scully and Mulder get there and they're outside and they hear the screaming and they run to the house and Mulder gets there first and he finds the dude attacker hanging in midair, having his throat crushed and he dies and falls onto the floor and that's the end of that scene and it goes to the police station and Mulder and Scully are trying to talk to Lauren and she doesn't want to talk to them and Scully is like, you know, you, you're not under arrest and stuff like that. And finally she shows, uh, you're not sorry. Mulder takes out the picture of Howard Graves in her house and Lauren doesn't respond. And this is when mysterious suit man and woman show up and pull Mulder and Scully outside and suit man and lady say that, uh, Mulder and Scully compromise their case and Mulder and Scully are like, no. And they argue a little bit and, Suit man is like, well, you need to give up everything you've learned. And Mulder says, no, you need to tell us what you're all about. And Mulder's like, fine, then we're going to leave if you're not going to talk. Ugh. And finally, this is when we find out that mysterious suit man and lady are investigating the fact that the company sold parts to terrorists and they think Lauren is involved. Ugh. Took long enough to get. There. Yeah, it's like the like kind of the payoff. For this episode, mm -hmm. could have, like, or at least what was happening, could have been brought in way earlier, uh, mm -hmm. if they really wanted to focus more on like the weird, spooky stuff. But again, like you said, like 
definitely can hear like feel like the the studio is attached to this Mm -hmm. and so suit man and lady think they can make lauren talk and turns out they can't and so they leave and Mulder and scully go in and they seem to not be able to make her talk either and Mulder says fine you can leave um and Lauren is like, well, I can't go back to my house. And Lauren or and Mulder's like, uh, why? Because of Howard Graves? And she's like, he's dead. And Mulder says, I know, but he's watching over you, isn't he? And that's the end of that scene. It goes to Lauren is finally describing how one night she went into Howard's office and he was crying because the company was failing and... He had just found out that all the money that they had been starting to make happened because this Dorland guy was selling parts to terrorists and the terrorists blew up a bunch of people. And she's like, I thought that's why he killed himself, but now I know that uh, he was murdered because Howard's ghost showed me that he was murdered. And, you know, Lauren thinks that Howard is protecting her uh, and that's why she wants to leave town so he can move on and this is when scully does kind of an abrupt turn and says no 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 that's not enough you you you've got to help him do his unfinished business he can't rest and you can't rest until you help us you know finish up his unfinished business and lauren is like you know what you're right and she leaves and Mulder's like what are you doing you don't believe and scully's like nope there's no such thing as ghosts or any of that but she believes and we need to figure out and we need her to help us to stop this man. Um, so Mulder gets mad because he thinks Scully blew their chance to actually see ghosts and that kind of crap. Um, so this is when Scully gives us the title of the episode. She says, no, I gave us a chance to solve a real case instead of chasing after shadows. And I was like, God, that's lame. Yeah. Like, <laughs> boom. Yeah. Uh, and so the FBI does all their thing and they go into the office and uh, they, they're searching and, they go into Dorland's office and Scully and Lauren are going through all his stuff, but the search seems to turn up nothing, uh, which upsets Suit Man from the other agency who says that, you know, the case is blown and the guy is going to get away. And Mulder goes into Dorland's office to tell Lauren it's over, even though she's you know, looking all over the place. And that's when Dorling comes in and is like, oh, she's breaking my stuff because she oh, is breaking geez. my stuff. The, yeah, she's... this whole scene too is just like, are you freaking kidding me right now? <laughs> I've been trying to cooperate, but she's not, an, she's not an agent and she's breaking my stuff and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, you know what, Matt, you know, what about the personal property of the people that got blown up? And he's like, you're a bitch. <laughs> and she runs at him. <laughs> and she runs at him with like a letter opener and he pushes her. And this is when the ghost attacks him. And Lauren's like, no, 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 don't kill him. Find evidence against him. And so this was, this was another thing. That I was like, I called bullshit on. It's like, 
don't kill mm-hmm. like these like skull uh molder is yelling at the freaking ghost thing be like no don't kill the guy that set you up because ghosts are usually murderous type just help us mm-hmm. find evidence so we can put him away and i'm just like they call bullshit mm-hmm. on that right um so anyway ghosty stuff starts to happen white bulbs blow up and papers fly around and the letter opener floats into the air and it looks like it's gonna stab the dude but it flies into the wall and cuts through the wallpaper instead and behind the wallpaper is the disc with all the evidence conveniently all right there on one disc behind the wallpaper and so this is kind of like the end where Mulder and Scully are helping Lauren finish load her car. And Scully's like, um, yep, they're going to prosecute him for everything, including the murder. And Lauren's like, yep, thanks. And she leaves. And Mulder says, boy, she's in a rush to get out of here. And Scully's like, out of here or away from the ghost of Howard Graves. And he says, hey, Scully, do you believe in an afterlife? And then she says, I'd settle for a life in this one, which is actually pretty funny. And then they talk about the Liberty Bell for no apparent reason. And then the tag at the end of the episode is Lauren has a new job in Nebraska and her new supervisor is scolding her for not turning in a report on time or whatever. And the lady's desk begins to shake and Lauren gets scared because she thinks Howard followed her to Nebraska and turns out that just every time a truck drives by the office shakes and that's the end of the episode (laughs) oh boy yep oh boy indeed so yes um that's shadows yeah final thoughts in a letter um i thought overall compared to the last two episodes of -hmm. just yada yada bullshit that makes no sense um this was Mm -hmm. still kind of in line with that but not as much like there was actually some sort of story uh that was happening that was somehow actually like paranormal Mm -hmm. um but it still kind of was like a very weird episode where it was like I was like half mm-hmm. invested in what was happening. Yeah. Uh, I gave this kind of in like the high C's, low B's kind of range. Yeah. Um, I second most of that. It was an episode that had a lot more potential, I think, than the last couple had. But uh, it's pretty clear that the rewrites it had to undergo really made it a lot weaker. But there's still some basic entertainment value there. So I'd give it C plus B minus. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the next episode. (laughs) Buckle up for this next episode, everybody. I'm going to... It's not the worst X-Files episode ever, but I just, I want to prepare everybody. I don't want to give it away. I'm not, I don't want to like. That just feels like lately, it feels like lately, especially like the last couple of apples is like, buckle up. It's a shitty one. It's actually a pretty good one. The next episode is called Ghost in the Machine. 
Um, and it's pretty rough. But the one after that, episode eight, is called Ice. And it is based partly on the same short story that inspired short story or not our uh, novel i can't remember anyway it's based on the same story that inspired the thing so there nice is, yeah all the right next episode is ghost in the machine it is kind of a tough one to get through because it's another one of those ones where it's the concept is pretty silly yep all so, right until next time, that was that. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth, Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.